<laughs> Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Ray, joined by the co-host uh, Josh and Mike. Gentlemen, howdy, folks. What's up? This is a special podcast. It is our yearly game of the year review where Josh and Mike are going to tell what their games of the year are that they enjoyed the most. And I'm going to sit here and uh, complain about CD Projekt Red in the background. That's right, folks. It's uh, Ray uh, in post. Can you hit me with the uh, the stock uh, award show music here? It's time. It's been the, you know, the year. It's been a real one, but we made it, folks. And it's time to give away the Golden Scripties. That's right. <laughs> the Golden Scripties. We're here. It's game of the year. We're gonna talk about the them. the coveted, the coveted by all unscripted gaming. Josh and Mike, games of the year. Before we get into that though, let's talk about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. A brief preamble. Yeah. Uh, I I know that people, our listeners, love it when I say bad things about a game I haven't played and don't intend to play for a, a long time. <laughs> um, but uh, boy, th- that release is kind of funny. It's it's uh, it's something. I've been playing it now. I want to be clear. This, I did pre-order the PS4 say, version. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the roller coaster that Ray went on here to obtain Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So Amazon had a sale. Qu- uh, okay, I'm gonna use the word <clears throat> sale in air quotes. To where it's like, hey, Cyberpunk 2077 for PS4 is $10 off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been $10 off since they started offering it. I think I'm a fool. Because it's never gone back up in price. Got him. I think it's just for $50 as opposed to $60. That's strike one. Strike two. And uh, real quick, $50? Still too much for that game. Anyway, continue. Oh, we're, we'll get into that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm just... I got it for PS4 also because... Moved into a new home, got a new TV. I want to play it on the 4K uh, TV. Damn it! I think, and I have no reason to believe it's not going to run at least decently. Uh, it comes to my mind when I'm listening and reading some reviews that uh, CD Projekt Red did not let people with early access review the console versions of the game. And this is where everyone goes, oh, no. Nor, nor did they let them do their own screen capture. No, they said you have to use marketing footage in all of your reviews. And you're like, oh, fuck. I love how they just look. Uh, it, it's really just like steam. They just went full steam hands. It's like, uh, what's in there? Uh, Aurora Borealis? Aurora Borealis. 1080p, 60 frames. On a PS4 console <laughs> for a next-gen game at launch. In yes, this yes. The country. During during your play session, you will see 60 frames of game gameplay. We didn't say per second. Eventually, Shut up about 60 it. 60 frames will happen. Yeah, 60 frames will happen. We didn't say per second. Shut up. Don't quote <laughs> us. Eventually, you'll get 60 frames. But uh, some people on Twitter, I won't name the people because th- there's one guy whose YouTube channel... Uh, I won't name him. It's Mike Blank Blank or Michael Blank Blank. Uh, this guy's YouTube channel is just him bitching about every video game he ever touches. It's super toxic. He's like the worst type of like game reviewer. It's gross. Yeah, but, Mike, Mike gamers are the worst. They literally are. Can confirm. I mean, this is this is not up for debate. 
Uh, he showed that there are issues with the PS4 version, such as uh, the areas don't load. Uh, the game, when you're in the car, gets at a rock-solid 15 frames per second when you're driving your car. That's like a PowerPoint. It's pretty bad, and also uh, on the PS4, it is unable to up-convert the resolution past 720. The only way... Okay, Digital Foundry did a video on it, and you should watch that. The only way it gets up above 720, as in it gets to 900p, is when you look at the sky. Because there's nothing else to render, and it's like, alright, we, we can push it now. Bro, the, the PS4 got the Wii U version. <laughs> everyone in everyone in the Digital Foundry review is like, man, the Switch version of this game is looking hot. And you know what? If this, <laughs> if this was the Switch version of the game, everyone would say, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. This is this is the sacrifice that you have to make. And it's like, bro, no, there are people doing like, this is what CG Project Red showed off at E3 2018. They're like, this is running on PS4 hardware, and you're shaking your head like, yeah, that looks good. All right, all right. Cool. Can't wait to play that. Then the game releases. It can't even load textures until 10 seconds go by. So are you now, are you saying when they do the Switch port, it's just going to be isometric because that's the only way they're going to get a 3D effect on it? <laughs> it's just a different game. <laughs> uh, now, I, I'm not a particularly savvy person about the uh, technological makings of a video game, but right. I, when I see some things, I know things, and... I look at a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, another game that uh, I, I probably I didn't particularly enjoy. Um, and uh, that game is very... It's a very pretty game. It looks very nice. It's a very technically polished product. Uh, there was also, a, you know, a, another thing we can talk about is a bunch of labor travesty. Let's just call it that. That went into that game. Uh, ah, the and, crunch. And... Uh, it, I feel like it does not... It never looked like Cyberpunk did. And I'm really... I am... I have a hard time, you know, being like, oh, no, it's Red Dead is a much... Red Dead Redemption 2 is a... Is a, you know, a simpler game to, to do... To render and do compared to Cyberpunk. That's why Cyberpunk is looks like this, and that's why it's okay. It's like, no, it's like... I don't believe they're that different in games, and it's insane yeah. that it, like... I mean, just... You know, I saw um, the the great Jason Schreier miss one king, about to say please. This. Just miss once. Um, I mean, he basically... He came out and said that it's like, you know, it's cool that they got this game out, but AAA publishers need to start admitting that these... Like, if the launches are going to be like this, they... like Their games are an early You access. have to understand, it's an early access game, whether, like... That's yeah. with with patches. Early, that's what you sign up for. Early point. access isn't just for indies anymore. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it, and it's been this way for a long time, to be honest. But I think yeah. it's it's it, we're seeing more and more that it's getting to be that way. Um, it's whether or not think, you're I, honest we'll, about we'll probably it. get into this discussion a little bit more on the next like proper unscripted gaming, just because I think there's more to talk about. But like, this is this is the product that we got after multiple months worth of delays and all the crunch and this is still what was shipped to customers josh you bring up a really excellent point if i don't if you don't mind uh this originally was supposed to come out in april 
And a lot of people on both Reddit and Twitter the first day when it came out said, well, of course the PS4 and Xbox One base versions look like this. This is supposed to be on next gen. And apparently on next gen it runs better. It runs at 1080p, 30 frames a second, which, yeah, that's acceptable until you get into a car. But remember, this was supposed to come out in April when none of those versions were options. So what did it look like? That Was it just worse? Was it, were they just like, uh-oh, oh, uh-oh, no, it's not getting above 10 frames or something like that. I don't yeah. know. That, that wasn't an option. And I do want to uh, clarify for real quick. I am playing the PC version because I canceled my PS4 version. And my PC version on my NVIDIA 2080 looks great. I sent these guys some screenshots. I'm like, hey, this guy, this game looks fucking great. And the story is great. It's a fun game on a powerful PC. Do not play it in any other capacity. Don't. I, I wouldn't even recommend it on PS5 or Xbox One if that's your options, honestly. That doesn't seem like the best way to experience the game. But uh, to the crunch standards, um, this, a new story came out as of the recording of this, like I think Friday or yesterday, to where uh, CG Project Red was going to withhold older employees' uh, bonuses based on whatever the Metacritic score was going to be, and uh, management came out and said, okay, never mind, we understand, management is taking this one on the chin, we're not withholding anyone's bonuses based on Metacritic score. Because uh, the user rating for the consoles is at 2 right now, and I don't think you get a bonus on a 2 out of 10. Call, call that up. Yeah, I like, at least, I mean, that was like a good move for that, uh, like a good face-saving move, because it's... I feel like this is what, you know, there are so many cases where you can point to, like, so many, like, places you can point to a lot in games where, you know, I think the, the you know, I, I, we, I've, I've said this countless times. Where we're like, the, the workers of this company have been set up to fail on purpose by management. Um, mm. And especially, like, making a, um, and it's so clear here with all these countless delays the company, like CD Projekt Red, literally saying that we will not crunch on this game, and then crunching, and then like, and to, to, to still after all of this, like, this quite this is it's a project failure. It's not a failure of like the workers to like, you know, every game is going to have bugs and technical issues. Like every game sure. has that, but it's just it, I think the I think the mo there's so many telling things that this is just. They just don't know how to properly organize like their pro their production process. Like, I mean, yeah. Like again, I've said this a million times, but it's just like for for this to for a game to end up in this. It's a it, this is the expected result, honestly. Like, yeah. If uh, like I, I think if you told went back a month a month ago and told us that the launch of Cyberpunk was a uh, kind of a, a buggy nightmare. Uh, for a lot of people, I don't think either any of us would have been surprised. No, you know what I mean, because all the preconditions were there. I mean, yep. Like and, and Josh, uh, again to Josh's point, it, it's like you feel like you're just getting early access games when everyone says just yeah. just wait for patches. Like I bought this day one. I there, there's a lot of bugs on the PC 
even on the PC version where like you can't progress in missions because there's things that happen like the character that you're supposed to talk to T poses and you can't talk to that character or the character that you're supposed to talk to phases out of existence like they're supposed to be standing next to you and they're like supposed to be in a bar but they have phased beyond the bar into some walls and it's like okay what do I do now reload your save file and hope for the best or restart the entire game or not the entire game, uh, the entire file or something like that, like going back several seconds. It it sucks, it doesn't feel great, a lot of games are guilty of this, it feels a bad. It makes me wonder how they pass certification on certain consoles, but I guess the answer to that is money? I don't that's, know. That's a very interesting money. question. It, the answer is money. That's really the answer. More money was changing hands to make sure that it came out on console. Sony doesn't care. Microsoft do not care. They're like, no, it, it's no. There on was you there guys. was so much there was so much co-branding behind certain things, and mm -hmm. especially with Sony and Microsoft both having launched new consoles, like yeah, they, like, they want to have was... a big tentpole release on those new consoles. So like, they will do literally anything to get those through. I mean, that, that was that's another kind of element of this too. Was just like this was the this was the date that could not be missed. Like. Yeah, this was the this was the, you know they could have you got to get you know, out a delay Christmas. from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen isn't too bad but like but like from but missing the launch window here is that's like you know the gra the new cards like the the new consoles it's like that is something that you know hell or high water that game was gonna come out whether it was ready or not and clearly it wasn't because everything we've said the entire time it, man i hate being right all the time it sucks still works on pc like i i will defend not defend but i will say the pc version is good to get i'm that having is good. fun with it uh it tells a very great story the in, when you finally get to the character that keanu reeves plays i was like this is excellent storytelling i love this this is great uh Okay, what, last bit about Cyberpunk. Um, I forget who made this hot take. It was somewhere on Twitter where they said, you know what? Uh, oh, right, on the Game Awards, um, The Last of Us 2 won Best Game Direction. And someone said, yeah, games that are made under severe crunch should never win Best Game Direction. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's a good point. I like that. I mean, I agree that. I agree. I, I think that is, you know, a great idea because... Um, you know how good can your direction you know as a director you know like you're not just making artistic decisions you know and well to be more accurate part of your artistic decision decisions also include your production management decisions it's the uh -huh. same way for like a movie director it's the same like james cameron is a great director not only because he you know, makes great movies but because he knows how to like do the production such that it produces those results um yeah and and I think that and that is that's part of the job, and I think that's absolutely something that should be taken into consideration uh, when giving those awards, and not just being like, "Oh, look, they made this game look like a movie." Like, you know, wow. good for you. Everyone does that, but like, consider the production itself. Like, yeah, All that's right, a director's so... job is to direct the production. Well, technically speaking, that's the producer's job. If we want to get, that, I mean that that is that is also true. But the director to say that the director is should not be 
should be absolved or, you know... Um, yeah, they still have to create a good work environment because exactly. they're one of the leaders. They're they're one of the chief, you know, drivers of the entire... of how that process functions. And if they do it the wrong way, then they should be punished for it. Also, basically, nothing of what we say, like, <clears throat> to critique of CD Projekt Red really matters. The game sold uh, 8 million copies in day one. And yeah. in the first day, it made back all of its marketing and development budget. Like, all of it. Right now, they're just sitting on gravy. So, uh, good for them? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a good game. If you if, Don't buy it on console. Please don't. <laughs> it's a good game <laughs> with certain caveats. It, it, yeah, asterisks. The biggest of asterisks. <laughs> you know what's good, there. though, without caveats? The Game Awards. The Golden Our Script Game Games, of the Year podcast the happening... Starting yes. now, not not fi- not not yep. a bit ago. It's now for real. Now it's happening. That half right. wasn't the game of the year. This is this is now. Which one of you is going to start off first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. How about that? Well, let me just real quick. I'm going to hit you with uh, Josh. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to? Uh, yes, I have. First? I have two honorable okay. mentions. Um, I also have two. Wow. Uh, these are mostly honorable mentions for the fact that they're not officially 2020 games, um, mm-hmm. but they, they they held a lot of significance in this 2020 year of gaming. Um, for me, the first honorable mention is Beyond Light, the most recent Destiny expansion. Um, I thought it added a lot to the game. Uh, you know, I was very hesitant when the announcement came out that Destiny 2 was going to continue on for the next several millennia before any follow-up would happen. Um, Millennia? Just, you know, getting to the point where I was really worried, like, I like Destiny 2 as a concept and as a game, but just, it felt like so much of what has happened in the last few years since the launch wasn't really consequential, wasn't really that engaging, personally speaking, um, mm-hmm. to have Beyond Light come out and really feel like we had a story that had actual consequences, actual weight, and actual stakes. Momentum. And and actually progress. set, you know, pro- yeah, progress and setting something up for the future um, makes, you know, made me feel really uh, positive on the outlook of Destiny 2 for the next several eons before, you know, Destiny 4 comes out. Um, and then the second and uh, top honorable mention is Among Us. Um, an incredible little, uh, you know, party game that kind of came from the ashes of obscurity to save 2020. And, you know, it's, it's a really fun and engaging game for free to $5, um, with a lot of replay value and a lot of, uh, you know, good streamable fun hijinks moments to be had, uh, it may suck when Ray just blindly tries to get me thrown out the airlock, regardless of what is happening. But I other think that's than great, that, you know, Among Us has been a fantastic game. Uh, I love that this team has gotten the attention in this last year, and you know, kind of scraps and plans to do a follow up and really just focus in on on fixing and and improving the game that everybody's playing now. Um, you know, I think that's always one of those good things when a developer's like, we have something good. We're not going to try and split the player base for some arbitrary reason. We're just going to work on the thing we have. So those are my two honorable mentions for 2020. All okay. right. All well, right. my honorable mentions. Uh, I also have Among Us among my honorable mentions. Again, like you said, oh, okay. this is a really <laughs> great kind of, uh, you know, 
bluffing uh, antics. Um, I think it's really great when you're the imposter and then Ray, uh, who is notorious for being like, oh, this version is sus, and just for no perceptible reason. Uh, it's really great to be the imposter and be like, oh, I think Ray, Ray, I think you're right. I, I think I saw them do something weird and just watch it all unfold. It's really great. Sometimes Raid gets you it gets you right on track and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I don't know why everyone still goes along with what Ray says anytime. Ray uh, should be a politician. Ray is a true agent should. of chaos. I he really should is. be a politician. You know, <laughs> the, day, the, the day that Ray's an imposter is not going to be a pretty one. It's um, happened before and I'm really bad at it. Oh, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> so I, I've really enjoyed that. Uh, my other honorable mention is uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I like the the game with the flying and the Star Wars. Uh, the sounds are all great. Um, I just I, it kind of fulfills the the you know the dog fight, the Star Wars dog fighting fantasies where you're like you know losing a missile inside an asteroid field. Uh, you know you hit you hit the boost. You do the the cool drift thing. Uh, you blow up the the star destroyer. Just a cool. It's just. It's just. It's. A, I like how. I just like. It's a nice, simple, kind of package. But it's just. It's really good at what it does. So. Um. That being said, I have. Those are our uh, honorable mentions. I'm gonna go ahead, and say and share my number five, game of the year. Oh, here we go. Give me that uh, insert trumpet sound here. Um, number five goes to Animal Crossing New Horizons. I game. have many questions as to why this is on anyone's list, but please go ahead. Well, let me tell you, I can answer some of these questions for you. I um, I have played Animal Crossing games in the past, uh, and I've enjoyed them. Um, but uh, I just I would play them for a while and kind of fall off of them. And I've never, and that has been the same case for me with this one. Like I've now that I've gotten my island to you know where I kind of like it, you know I kind of I'm visually just like very happy with like the layout of my island. I don't really want to do any other too much other like big projects for it because um, I'm you know kind of happy with just the way I like it. Uh, I think it looks great. I like all my villagers, uh, so I don't have like a, as much of a reason to check in every single day. Um, but I I. Uh, Sarah and I had a lot of fun building that island together. I liked visiting everybody. I liked doing all the stock, like the stock market stuff. Um, I think this is probably the Animal Crossing uh, out of all the ones, um, all the all the previous titles that I've played the most of, and I think it's the one I've enjoyed the most. Um, and yeah, and I think it just kind of hit came at the right time for me uh, this year. Um, you know, it, it was cool to just, yeah. Y'all know the timing of the year and when it came out, came out right around the you know end of March, early April. It was just a a really great little escapist situation, and I've a, I really enjoy all the charm and the music. Just I think as an overall package, I just I really like that game. So, um, Ray, you do not have a game list right now, is that right?
I think I lost Ray's audio. Oh, sorry about that. I was actually talking to the mic. Uh, <laughs> ah, talk, there I go. was talking to the mute because <laughs> I'm actually typing out what the words are so I can. When Mike says add a trumpet sound, I'm like, ah, maybe I should find one. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so I, I always feel kind of uh, skeptical if I should give like award picks because I work in the industry making a game, so it feels like I might. And I never actually tell, like, the podcast what game it is I'm working on. But I'll just rattle off some games I really enjoyed in 2020. Uh, so, mm, what games did I enjoy in 2020? Okay, Star Wars Squadrons Among None. Us. No, I, I do parrot you, uh, both of you for both those titles. Um, also, Ghost of Tsushima is one of the better open world games I've played. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it so far in 2020. Oh, there's another one. Uh, it, it'll come up later, but there's another one you're forgetting. I'm pr I probably am forgetting it, yeah. Alright, but uh, Josh, it's your turn to switch off. So, for me, uh, my number five, also apologize for the lack of video. My camera decided to die on me, so... Um, ah, I'll awesome. try and Fun. I'll try and fix it while Mike is talking, but uh, uh, in the interim, I am going to go with my number five pick, which uh, we've already heard this time is Star Wars Squadrons. Um, oh, okay. You know there, there's not much more to say than, than Mike already said. You know, it really does the it does the thing that you know most of us who grew up watching Star Wars and playing video games wanted from the time we were we we baby children just thinking about like I would love to play a game where I'm like in an X-wing just flying through space blasting tie fighters and doing the you know doing the squadron thing um you know this this game has it's one of those it's very simple it does what it says on the tin but it does it so well um you know it it has gotten me putting flight sticks and hotasses on my Amazon wish list to keep an eye for uh, when those might become available and in the price again and it's also got me going like you know an Oculus Quest isn't that expensive if I got that and a hotas like <laughs> oh buddy talk about an experience mm -hmm. so yeah you know it is I I don't want to say sound like I'm saying something negative, but like saying it's like not anything special. Um, but like it's just a very well made, you know, space flight sim game in the Star Wars universe with the sounds and the things that you wanted to do out of that game. And for that, it's my number five. Uh, very be good. Before Mike goes again with his number four, I just remember two games that I played the hell out of. Uh, that I also enjoyed in no particular order, and whether they're Game of the Year or not, I just enjoyed them. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it um, it it passively angers me that Josh hasn't played it, because the only reason I ever played <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was because I borrowed Josh's copy oh so long ago, oh so many years ago. I was like, Josh, you need to play this game. You absolutely need to play this game. I think the Game Awards gave it a uh, best musical score, and it absolutely deserves that. I still listen to the soundtrack every so often when I'm doing work. And uh, another game that I really enjoyed that I can't believe I forgot I played this. I was like, I thought I played uh, really a Switch game a lot to the point where uh, and I couldn't play any of the Switch. It was Hades. I played a lot of Hades. 
Okay. I, I don't need to get into how much Hades I played because I'm... We all know. I think we've talked extensively about how much Hades we've played. I'm going to dip out now and let Mike say his number four. It's been okay. about, what, one, well. two hours or so? One or two. <laughs> two or three. Okay, well, my number four game of the year... It, well, number four on my game of the year list is uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. And oh. that is, again, just... This is kind of a year... Uh, I guess a lot of games where it's just like... Yeah, I really just appreciate that it's... It's just exactly what I wanted. And it's like... Like Josh said, it, it does what it says on the tin. It's like, hey, this is a remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. And it the physics of it feel great. The music is there. Like, the stages, just where you remember them, the way they are, are there. Uh, graphics are gorgeous. It just... it it's just like the it's like the Tony Hawk you remember um but it it's looks what, great it's what you felt like it looked like when you were playing that in the time that at the time like you're like I this yeah. is what I remember as a child seeing yeah and it's still it's I mean just that like the two minute score loop is still really fun um and I I haven't played a ton of it lately because I've been pretty busy with uh, some other games but I uh, I think that's my number four for the year, and I have uh, I've just really enjoyed my time with that game. Josh, give me your number four. My number four um, is Doom Eternal. Ooh, oh, interesting. So, um, Doom Eternal is the follow-up to the Doom 2016, uh, you know, reboot slash still in the canon of the Doom series. Um, fantastic game um i really enjoyed this it came out at the same time as animal crossing did which was really good because when animal crossing came out i lost access to the switch because my wife uh stole it forever my basically wife. it's her switch now um which i sometimes get to borrow to play hades um <laughs> uh but um doom eternal is a great game you know, it carries on that really frenetic, fast-paced, solid frame rate game that was Doom 2016 and adds on to it. Sometimes it can be a little, seem like they've added a little too much onto it. Um, you know, they introduce a lot of systems and the systems do work well together. But at a certain point, I feel like they've added a bit too much for a follow-up just because they're like, we, you know, we got we to gotta think of the next thing and they kind of put a lot of ideals in and a lot of stuff didn't get cut as they were going along seriously whoever put in the climbing mechanic and all the parkour is sus it needs to be ejected out the airlock just throwing it out there i mean can we just talk about the way doom slayer climbs it's like not how a human being would climb it's yep. like a squirrel it's it's, hilar yeah. it's hilarious to watch like i'm glad that somebody did that animation I just hate how much you had to use it and how much it happened. Um, and I will say, you know, personally speaking, the way that I play games and, and what I'm looking for out of games th th at this point in my life, th there were times where it felt like some that Doom Eternal was hard for the sake of being hard. And I know that there is a pretty decent 
speedrunning community and and people who want the ultra nightmare like i'm not gonna die one single time in a full playthrough but like for me sometimes i'm like i just want to play on like the medium difficulty and i'm dying a hundred times and i have to kick it down to baby difficulty and you're gonna shame me for it but also it's the only way that i'm going to experience the story of this overarching world and expanded universe of the doom slayer that i am oddly interested in so please just let me see your very beautiful demonic hellscape of a game nope you did it this time josh you've invited all the tryhards to talk about how you are not good enough get good <laughs> get good how dare you make use of the easy option when it's in the settings i just i just <laughs> i just want to play the game and and see all the blood drenched held monsters everywhere uh but yeah doom doom eternal great game loved it um so yeah number four michael beautiful uh my number three game is actually you can find plenty of footage of our number three game uh, on this very channel if you click on that little war is heck button that you see on your screen You'll be taken to a video series wherein Josh and I uh, attempt to escape uh, Verdansk in Call of Duty Warzone. An excellent theme song to that feature as well. Uh, it's lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, so Warzone's my number three game of the year. Uh, it is... Um, you know, I, I want to go back in time to like our previous game of the year podcast where I'm probably like, you know, I like PUBG, but I just wish it worked. Uh, and then I just I pop up in a different window and be like, hey, don't worry, they're gonna call a duty fi it uh, in a couple of years. You'll you'll be fine. Boop. I don't, and that's all I have time to say. I'm like, oh, he'll he'll figure out the virus stuff. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Um, but uh, but that was like one my one big thing about like PUBG was just like I I really appreciate it, and I'm sure it's better now, obviously, because it's gotten a lot of patches. Um, but I appreciate it have like that game mode finally having the the call of duty polish with the gunplay uh and the sound and just just the control um and you know i've had a hell of a just a super fun time playing that game um you know i we've had i've had like the it, it doesn't maybe not have quite as much of like the horror aspect that PUBG has like i feel that the um it just sometimes having 150 people on that map is uh, it's good for the action, but sometimes it um, doesn't let doesn't give you enough time for the tension to build up. Um, Those emergent so, gameplay moments. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, but I think uh, on, to make up for that, uh, you know, I I just really appreciate that that mode um, battle royale, just really getting the Call of Duty polish. I liked all the you know, kind of different seasonal stuff and changes that they've had so far, and uh, I've just really enjoyed it. I think it's just uh, I think it's really fun, and I think it's just a really good, very well crafted uh, battle royale game, and that's why it is my uh, number three. All right, number three for me. Uh, we actually again heard this one earlier. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. One and two. Um, for for me, I, you know, I I agree with a lot of the things that Mike said about it it being a game that does what it says that you wanted it to do. It came out at a very 
I think, you know, important time of this year where that nostalgia effect really just helped kind of seal the deal of like, oh man, I really just, I need some comfort gaming right now. Um, I think that the uh, equalization of the challenges between uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 was a good to kind of add a little bit extra to those early early maps. Um, but also, I think that it's a really easy game to not only, like, I feel like it is a game I'm constantly getting better at. Every time I go and I do a run or I watch somebody play online, I then get an idea of a way that I can do something different or adding a new trick, making my skater better, making my combos better, um, constantly progressing in the game. And it's one of those two where you can just leave it installed on your computer, leave it for a while, come back six months later, hop in, do a few runs, shake the cobwebs off, hit some sick combos, and then drop it again, come back. Uh, you know, not really something you do with a game like Doom Eternal. You know, that's a that's a commitment. That's not something where you're just like, oh, I'm going to pick it up and do a couple runs for 20 minutes and I'm going to get out. Like, it, it, there there's something really that I appreciate of that polish game of constant progression and being able to pick up and drop off at any time and come back to when I see fit or when I'm just like, you know, I got, I could, I could hit a couple of kick flips in, uh, in, in schoolyard today. So let's just, let's just fire it up and make that happen. So solid game. Can't be more happy with the, the job that they did, especially given some of the work on previous, uh, Tony Hawk releases in the last few years, both a remake and the new one. So mm-hmm. really happy. Hope we get more of that in the future. Uh, so yeah, that's my number three. Honestly, it's basically on my list just because the opening video set to Gorilla Radio is uh, so good. Um, it's a great video. I watch it every time, the whole thing every time I've started up the game. Uh, yeah, you never skip that. Cement- no, nope, it's so good. It's a, a, an intro cinematic so good you will never skip it. That's why it's on my list. Yep. I am dead serious. Um, Michael, number two. Number two for me. Um, uh, I'm not here to start any fights or anything about Uh-oh. what technically counts as a 2020 game. If you say Destiny one more damn time, one more goddamn time, you can't have Destiny win five goddamn years in a row. <laughs> it's not winning. It's number two. Um, oh my god! <laughs> checkmate, folks. You heard it. Real quick, uh, number is two. Destiny. My... No, before you start, is is Destiny two on every single one of your lists since we've been doing yes, this? Yes, it is. That's why I'm. I'm pissed. pretty sure it was an honorable mention last year. Nope. Go uh, check. I, okay. All right. I wasn't on. I wasn't on last year's pod, so I can't. I can't confirm or deny this, but. Oh no, that's 2018 GTOI. It wasn't anyway. even on my 28. It wasn't even on my 2018 game of the year. Okay, okay. It was All an right. honorable mention. It was an honorable oh. mention in 2018. It can't be an honorable mention here. So it might not. It might not have been a. Uh, no, it, it can't be actually because I, I can. I'm gonna explain why. Anyway, uh, okay. Let him. Let him. Let him have it. Let him have it. A big old W from Mike there. Um, <laughs> this anyway, is a really so, good freeze frame of my face there for a second. Uh, so, anyways, Destiny Two, Destiny Two uh, specifically, I'm going to call it the uh, Season of Arrivals and Beyond Light. 
releases um, and uh, you know experiences as being some of I think it is this has been a big year for Destiny there's a lot of big changes that have happened over the course of this year as you know we've kind of said with like the sunsetting of locations and uh, some systems like that it, it this almost kind of represents like the soft launch for Destiny 3 um, and you know there's it's certainly an ongoing situation and I you know as the the destiny guy I will always be playing it probably forever because that's the way I am um, and I will always keep you guys posted on it but I just really specifically wanted to call out call out uh, destiny this year because uh, like Josh said um, I think this year especially particularly you know especially all throughout this year but I think very strongly starting with the season of arrivals when the pyramid ships descended on the solar system that were teased at the end of the original vanilla destiny two campaign. They finally have came into the solar system and the game has completely changed since then because of the events that transpired. And it was from that season on that they've really been, I've said this before, but they've really been starting to cash the big checks that they've, you know, that they've gotten and had had from like the writing and the lore like their final like I still think some of my favorite my favorite story work and story bits in the uh, in Beyond Light and and Arrivals are in the lore entries but they are and just because they have more room to explore that stuff there like there's uh, if anybody wants an interesting lore post about uh, how the raid relates to uh, Descartes I could share it with you because it's a, re- it's a great read. It's really fun. Um, but they've been really bringing like that lore. They've been letting it do so much more work for them, and it makes the game a way more interesting place. Like, not that um, not that the lore wasn't ever really critical to the past raids, but de- like uh, uh, you know, I was as was mentioned, I was off doing the raid last time we did a podcast. And uh, the way they bring the story to bear within the Deepstone Crypt raid, it, it is so much more upfront than it ever was. Uh, I feel like in basically any other Destiny raid, except for maybe maybe Last Wish. Um, and since that raid came out, uh, you know, it's introduced a whole entire new character and new kind of ongoing plot line into the whole world like it has opened up this whole new area of Europa like it is they've done so much more I think to make the you know like Josh said to bring the progress like to make the the plot feel like it is constantly moving forward and again that's with I've really enjoyed uh, gameplay wise I think the new raid is an absolute blast I think it's really great um I love the new subclasses I I think the, um, I think honestly, one of the reasons I think if I had to point to one specific thing that got put, got destiny once again up on my list this high, um, was I feel like in the past couple of expansions, some of the exotics have just been okay. Um, but, and there are, aren't, a ton of there aren't a, a ton of new ones, but I feel like all of them are have really transformed like the way I play the game. 
Um, or, you know, the first time I used them, I was like, I, I like out loud. I was like, whoa, this is cr- like, this is a crazy gun. This is super cool. And it has beyond light has had a lot of like those cool. Wow. Moments for me. And I think that is why I am putting destiny two in my uh, number two spot. Mic drop. Got it. Ray, Ray, you have you have so many. I get. I can tell you have so many feelings about this. Um, it's just on his list every year. Well, every- then, yeah. When they stop making Destiny, uh, I'll take it off. How about that? <laughs> oh no! Deal. That's this is this- that's the nice thing about having a roadmap of Destiny Two until the inevitable heat death of the universe is that there's always going to be more content to talk about in that year. I don't care that much, but I do want to note this is the equivalent of someone putting World of Warcraft constantly on their game of the year. Well, list. then perhaps that's no so difference. If, Awkward. If you didn't speaking want of my game Destiny number two, two to be on my top five list, perhaps it uh, there should have been um, five, you know five games that I liked all more than playing Destiny 2 this year. And that's just not the case. And it's not like the, it's not like the game did, it's not like just, it's the same game from last year. It's a different game now. It's an that entirely so it's, a transformative, it's a tra- <laughs> oh it's the, it's the ship of Theseus. You know, when does the 2019 game become a 2020 game? I'm not I'm not having You can't debate. answer that question. So it's a Josh, it's stupid debate anyway. <laughs> Josh, you better go. So I will my game night. number two, again one we've already heard of today. Uh, for me, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Warzone. Uh, that makes my number two. I agree again a lot with what Mike said about the experience of PUBG getting that Call of Duty experience. And I'll add one extra layer on that: is like when I first heard that Call of Duty was gonna get a its own battle royale mode. I was just like, oh, God, you know, they're just trying to jump on the, the bandwagon. You know, there's there's no way that Call of Duty is going to do anything that unique or that special to the format that will make me want to play it more than PUBG or make, you know, make me want to play it more than Apex. But boy, howdy, I find myself sitting and thinking a lot of like, I could, I could play some Warzone right now. You know, pretty much I sit down and I'm like, hmm. What am I going to play? I'm going to play Call of Duty. It is an incredible experience. I really think that the little bits that they add on to that just standard Battle Royale motif um, just in, enhance the experience so much that make it very replayable. Um, you know, I think you have a lot of those times where you're oh I'm walking around and I'm going to gear up and then immediately die like you do in PUBG but you also have just as many times where you get down you start gearing up and in your you're in action right away you know you decided to drop into the superstore and you are in a firefight for the first almost store. the first duration of the first circle because there are there are a lot of people around you you're constantly gearing up you're hiding because you know somebody's around you that's got a big gun that just killed three people and they're the kill leader and they've got the little crown and it's right there and you're gonna hide and try and snipe them you know i just it was one of those things i wasn't expecting when i bought call of duty to be spending my time uh to the point where i almost play none of the regular multiplayer now 
solely playing the the Warzone experience. Um, so it's it's incredibly engaging. It's a lot of fun. I play it all the time, and it it has enough in it, despite being you know one single map in the Call of Duty universe that just keeps me coming back over and over again more than anything else right now uh with that leaves our number ones and um just based on the 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 four we've done so far mike i believe that you and i have the same number one for this year i would place cash money as a bet on it i also think that is uh the same bet um uh, I think it's kind of weird that you all you had Destiny two in your honorable mentions and as your number one game, and I had it as my number two and number one. Um, that is pretty interesting that that happened. But I mean, you know, you know I'm always going gonna... to. It's a 2020. It's a strange year. Uh, yep. 2020 thing. You know, you know, Mike. Given the chance to piss off Ray, I'm always going to take that shot. I don't care if Destiny is an honorable mention because that's where it belongs. I'm gonna start just. I'm just gonna start next year. It's just gonna be each individual season of Destiny. I'm gonna count as a different game. It's 2020 release. I thought that's what you're doing. I, I, I could have sworn that's exactly what you were doing. As a courtesy, I combined the the biggest expansion and the last season before it uh, as a courtesy. But now I'll just consider them all individual releases. Jesus, no. Number five, Destiny. You mean two. number one? Number four. Destiny 2. Oh, God. My, num- my real... Okay. Joking aside, I think Josh and I's number one game is Hades. Correct. Yeah. It's Hades. Congratulations, Hades. Uh, you have gotten the golden scripty for... Is this is this the first year we've had a unanimous number one per- before we before we talk about Hades a little bit? You Not got- that we- you guys were close in 2017, but neither of you could agree on what number one was Breath of the Wild or uh, it was one other game. It doesn't matter. I thought was it, it should Nier? have been Breath of the Wild. Yes, you gave you gave Nier uh, mm. the number oh, one. And, uh, Maybe I should Josh go back. Maybe retroactively I would have gone back and said Breath of the Wild. A revisit? Yeah. Oh, I mean, Nier is so good, though. But Nier uh, is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna besmirch you and say Nier doesn't deserve it. But no, it does. I don't know. Nier, don't that's know. Th- that's tough because like Nier, Nier does deserve it. But oh man, Breath Breath of the Wild. Just the more I think about that game, the more I'm just like, man, they the they really just right, they really they really just made a perfect game, and that's just kind of it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they just went out there and did that. <laughs> I didn't expect this W with my evening one, but here we are. I didn't expect to be in Hyrule Field being like, wow, look at the size of there, the... There was the, there was the guy that came in and said, like, yo, should we make this game dog. bad? And they said no, and they kicked him out. And, like, they did that, and nobody does that. It's great. <laughs> um, Guys, what if we just made a good game? What? I mean, okay, oh, if you say so. Uh, yeah, I guess, if you really want to. I mean, we could we uh, could try it and put it out there, and then, like, if they don't like it, we'll make a bad game next year. We can do that. And and then they made Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh! <laughs> oh, okay, no, that's just rude. Got him. That's rude. But let's talk about Hades. Okay. Yeah, I think it's my game of the year. Um, I honestly like from having played through the story I had a pretty good feeling it was going to be my game of the year then and it uh, I think just from the the combat that is just 
super duper fun. You know, all the the great cast of characters that have you know there, there's tons of like voice and writing in the game that is all like they just have a really they just do such a great job with all of those characters from the deities to all the the residents of the underworld. Um, I mean, it it just all comes together in just like a perfect package and. Hades is so good, guys. I love this. Yeah, game. it's 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 hard to find something that we haven't already said in glowing terms throughout the the time yeah. we have been playing this game. And I know we're all kind of at various um, stages of the playthrough and and where we are in continuing to play the game. Um, but it's just every time you pick up that game, you're going to experience something different. Whether or not that's new dialogue. Uh, a different room layout you know it's just the the way you align boons and hammers to make that particular run with that weapon something you've not experienced before yeah it's it's it is different every time in a mostly positive way and even if you have a bad run you're going to experience some little quip or some little part of the story that you're like huh Okay, that you know, I got yeah. I got something out of that run that made it made it worth it, and I I think that is really hard to do a roguelike where it feels like every yeah. run is unique and you know impactful in some way. You know, yeah, I think it's that's a, it's, a, it's like you're always making some kind of linear progression whether you're actually just getting farther to the surface or you're getting some more plot which is can be just as good as a reward because the characters like are so great like they do such a good job like before you even get to some like the late game kind of revelations of it like you uh, you can kind of tell with like the writing and and the way Hades and Zagreus talk to each other that they, they, they are really mad at each other but they don't hate each other like that Hades is not he doesn't want to like he doesn't hate Zagreus he doesn't want to destroy Zagreus he just like he, he it's like he loves him and cares for him he just wishes he wasn't so dumb and stupid he wishes he wishes he would just under like just understand the words that I'm saying and don't question it any further than that yeah and, and they do such a good and and then ultimately like the conclusions of like kind of the dramatic conclusion of the game is those characters saying those things that have been present throughout the writing and the voice work the the entire time it's just that at the end they just come out and say it um and 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 i and that's great like i think it's yeah you know, i i think one thing i really appreciate about the the plot and story in Hades is that ultimately it's not a super duper complicated or like incredibly intricate like um you know tangled web of intrigue you know there's a it's it's a pretty simple story but it's just you know they executed on it so well because the voice work is is great there's the the writing is is short and sweet but they just they every single line is so like they do such a good job of making not wasting anything and and not just to say they're just like brutally efficient but they they know how to you know use the like 
just use the little bits of dialogue you're getting here and there to always make good interesting progress yeah you're you're only you're only gonna get like two or three lines from poseidon here as he gives you a boon but like you're actually gonna get a decent amount of information in that in that moment or um you know even just little things like the the quips of okay i've i've done a trial of the gods and i'm gonna have Ares mad at me but i also have his call so i'm gonna use it while he's trying to punish me and you know zagger's kind of like hmm, yeah. awkward like you know just yeah, little things like, like that the, that the fact that they thought about those things and and like would record voice lines for those interactions is is wild like it's super cool um oh like i'm trying to think of another example um Uh, gosh, I can't think of a good one off the top of my head really quickly, but, um... Hades always, whenever you get to the, <clears throat> spoiler alert, the end boss is actually Hades himself. Uh, but whenever you get to Hades and you use one of the, uh, god boons as your, like, call action, he always has a fun little quip about it, like, How dare you send Aphrodite at me, that harlot? Or something like that. I was like, whoa, whoa, dude. Or if you use the Zeus one, he just gets pissed. He's like, yeah. oh, you bring Zeus's bone into my domain or something. Just yeah. Fun little lines. That yeah. I do, I do like uh, the one of the times when you meet Hades with the spear and he's like, oh, yeah, you like you like my old spear? Hope it's doing well for you. I got a bigger one now, so fuck you. Yeah. My favorite is when he brings the gun. When because I love the gun. You bring the gun, he's like, what are you doing with that thing? Like, everyone is offended whenever you pick the gun for the first time. Yeah, because, like, Ares, when he sees it, he's like, yo, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God, yo. I could kill, I could, so get, I could get everybody killing each other so good with that thing. Yeah, Ares is the only one not offended. He's just, like, has a erection. <laughs> you bring the gun. Yeah. He's like, oh, 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 child, what you got over there? Yeah, like, I think... Yo, how and, much and murder think, could um, you do with that? <laughs> uh, you know, other things that I, I think put Hades in my number one. Uh, all the music whips. Uh, yeah. Like, especially in Elysium when you when it's like kind of does the atmospheric version of the song. And then when you get to the Theseus and the bull fight, like the the, all, the guitar kicks in and it goes like full like a doom soundtrack yeah. level. You're like, okay, this this is so good. I thought um, about two two things that they do that also made me just like go like, man, that's that's really good. Um, the the stranger in Elysium, he never says his name, and then finally, like, mm -hmm. if you just happen to open up the book and scroll and see his entry, it has his name, and he's like, oh, that's his name. He's just like, okay. Like, they're just like, he never found it out. And he's just reading his book. And he's like, oh, that's that dude's name. And then they kind of start talking from then. Um, and then uh, there was one point where very early, very late into playing, I learned about the romance. And I'm trying to trigger Meg to be in the house so I can, you know, slide into her DMs. So I basically start a run and, you know, immediately try and get myself killed and then he walks in, and he's Zagreus walks into the house. He's like, uh, mm, uh, "I forgot, I just forgot something," and everybody else is like cackling, like, "Boy, you've been getting a lot further than this. What the fuck happened?" <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, uh, that's a negative I want to say about the game. Uh, the the okay, so there's obviously a lot of randomness when it comes to like a run roguelike game, a run based roguelike game. But man, I. 
I think I told you guys before, I did so many runs of that game, and I never got to do the romance option for Meg, because it never just worked. It never just happened. There are, like, whole runs you do, and Meg's just not in the house, or you can't talk to her. She's right there. You can't talk to her. It's like, oh. Now, I will say, you're giving her goodies. So I did mm-hmm. find out one thing that if if she is in a conversation with somebody, if anybody's in a conversation with someone and you can't give them a gift right then, if you go to your room and then come back, they will go to their normal position and then you can give them a gift. Sometimes Good I, I try that. It does not always work. Mm. I I will say that is a negative. I that is I do do take some marks off that, but generally speaking, like yes, I want yeah. to experience that storyline, but that's not really why I'm there. So. I can't fault it Can too we, much. Since we opened uh, this podcast talking about like CDPR and Crunch, uh, I want to give just a huge shout out since you both picked it as your games of the year to um, Super Giant yes. Games. Yes. Uh, it's a team of about sixteen to twenty people, and they have an incredible work culture where they released an article uh, about a week ago where they said, "No, we don't crunch people. We actually force them to take mandatory vacations." And it's like, oh, look, we released this game by putting it in early access for a year, having the community iron out the kinks and tell us how to make it better. Then we go release, then we go live, we go live on Steam and Switch and sell over a million copies for yeah and like early access and you know that's another thing is that like this is like the early access success story because you know they were just part of part of like being an early access is almost like just have being honest about you know being honest with yourself and your crew and your your customers about like what you know the nature of the of the product like the the conversation around bugs and errors and incon- inconsistencies in the game changes with that simple framework of being early access or being like released and I think that being honest about it just shifts the frame of everybody who's playing that game like I'm not going to play an early access game I typically don't I just I don't want to spend my money on that but for those who do and want to be part of that early adoption experience and shape that game that is such an incredible experience you know, if if I had gotten, you know, and I don't know the state of Hades when it was first launched into early access, but like I'm sure I would have had a lot more problem with that game had I played it then. But now that I'm playing it as a, you know, the actual full 1.0 release, the fact that all that stuff has been worked out by people been knocking on it for a year, that's incredible. You know, I I did I will say I used to knock early access, and now I'm just more like, honestly, it's something more people should probably do. I'm not probably yeah. going to participate if, in most uh, of that, but I think it does provide valuable feedback for developers to get the games where they need to be. Yeah. It's almost like at this point it's early going early access is almost just like an honesty conversation. It's like you know, are you going to with the way some of these things launch, it's like you know, are is this just de- it's like you know, every game is almost early access in a weird way. It's just whether or not you want to plan plan to do that from the start or or what. Like it's it's a weird. It's definitely something we're gonna see. I think change more and more over this generation. Um, I guess a couple final things I wanted to say about Hades again. Why I think it's at the top of my list as far I've I've played a couple of different run based games. 
Um, like I really like Slay the Spire, A Nuclear Throne uh, are two of my kind of go-tos. And I think one thing Hades does a lot better than either of those two games is encourage you to get out of your rut. Um, like in, in Slay the Spire, I have my character I go for, I have my, the cards I go for, like I have my build and basically every time I play, I try to play the game, I'm trying to find the best way I can get back to exactly what I like. And I, it, I just have a very narrow focus of what I want to do. And I feel like, and that, and that's how I play that game. And in Hades, um, a lot of times, like they do, even just as something as like, oh, hey, you'll get more darkness and currency if you use that weapon. And I'm like, oh, well, let me try that. Like, I don't really like the, the, I don't know, the spear. Um, so let me try it. Um, and then you know, I get a couple of, you know, I get a a boon I didn't exactly want or think I was looking for uh, but I, it's just like two and two come together like you get a little lucky and then all of a sudden like I have some I have some crazy build where I'm dashing around the entire room and I don't even have to throw my sphere because I can clear entire rooms just hitting the dash button um, yep. and it just the way it, the way it encourages you to really try different things and um, I think it's so good at that, and it and uh, you know it helps that all I think all the weapons on a base are fun, but like some of my quickest and most fun like builds have been you know with the bow, which is a weapon that I really uh, it would I would never say was my favorite weapon, but um I have just had you know just because I got the right boons I've had some super duper fun and incredibly powerful builds come together with it just because the game has been really good about encouraging me to you know try different approaches and it rewards you for it with you know giving letting give, showing you the things that you can do with it um, and then I just one final thing uh, I think one of my favorite moments of uh, games this year was I think probably the first time you beat Hades. There's a lot of game after that. Um, I still, Ray, I still need you to play the uh, do the upper management version of the Hades fight just to see how it changes because it's a lot harder and it's really fun and you should try it. Mm. Just I just want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> um, I, I, I suspect bullshit. Uh, so you know how the first one had a, sec- had a secret second phase? I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna leave it. He has a fifth phase. I don't know. Okay, maybe (laughs) maybe subtract two from that, and then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the second phase, the first time I played the game, I'm like, all right, Hades wasn't that bad. Why are you getting back up? No, get down, get down. Oh God damn it! (laughs) Yeah, just like I mean, from that moment, but like when you finally, finally get the first kill, and you're just like, yeah. Yes, let's go. Yes, and I haven't. So I haven't good. been that hype in a long time. Oh my god, it's so good. And then you just get this like gorgeous scenery. You get this incredible like. I I didn't think that a single music cue was going to be like one of my favorite moments of the year. I mean, I've had honestly, it's one. I I guess I'm a sucker for that because one of my favorite, one of the reasons why like Destiny was so high on my list was because a really great music cue that comes up during the raid, um, 
and I guess I'm a sucker for good music cues at at uh, after stressful situations. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, hmm. And um, I just thought that was it, it was just so, it's so cool that like it was really I thought great that they just they leaned on the music just that that music the gorgeous art and scenery because then you get to see the like uh, Persephone's garden you get to talk to her like le- being able to lean on like just the execution of your art music and a little bit of voiceover and writing as like the reward for getting your first clear against Hades like you mm-hmm. get some other kind of mechanical stuff after that too but like having that be the immediate reward is is really cool and it takes a lot of guts to I think to just to lean so heavily on that but I think it works so well and man this is just god this is such a good game it's just so what a, what a joy I loved it I loved Hades it was Absolutely, some would say it's game of the year. Some, some would might say, say. We deserve the golden scripty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's earned. And I think that's all I got to say. Yeah. So uh, we did it. We uh, that is 2020 in the books, in the bag. Get it done. We have a unanimous decision. I'm sure if if Ray were putting together a list, it would be a three-way unanimous decision. Um, so maybe I don't know. He's saying good, I didn't even I didn't even give that much thought. That's a good question. But you know where you can go if you want to see our continuing three-way content? What? Where? What? Unscriptedgaming.com. Where can I go? <laughs> Unscriptedgaming.com will get you everywhere you need to go. You can follow us on Facebook at Unscripted Game Podcast. Get us on Twitter at Unscript underscore gaming. You can get us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash unscripted-gaming. We are on all the podcatchers, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Get us in your ears. Get us on YouTube. Get us on your eyeballs. Thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Mike. My name is Ray. Peace.